greatest movie of all time. Come out to play. Today on the podcast, The Warriors. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the modern-day warrior, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, Derek, the Big Deck Boski Wreck Smith. Get nicknames, the Big Wreck Deck Boski. Nicknames on nicknames. The Big Wreck Deck Boski. Yes. And uh, we, of course, have a special guest today. Derek, would you like to introduce our guest? The big G Boski. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Sorry, G. I, I didn't like the name either. It, just... it, it is my wife, former guest on the show, Gia Smith. Former and current guest on the show, Gia Smith. Yes, former and current. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for being on. And this is the show where we are going to watch every single movie ever made from the first to the last and we're going to help decide which is the greatest of them all. How's everybody doing today? Uh, excellent. Besides the heat, I'm excellent. Yes, I am melting. <laughs> Same here. Same here. I'm like a snow cone in Phoenix. <laughs> That's true. So today we are going to try to make it back home to Coney Island with the Warriors, but let's take care of some business first. Last week we had one of my favorite episodes we've done on Goodfellas. So check that one out or any of our library on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe, review if you can. It'd be extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it or if you have anything else you want to say to us or you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And as our old friend Bruce Wayne, a warrior in his own right, might say, tell your friends about us. So now let's come out to play with the Warriors. Warriors is a 1979 gang movie. It's directed by Walter Hill. It stars Michael Beck as Swan, David Patrick Kelly as Luther, Roger Hill as Cyrus, and James Remar as Ajax, as well as a bunch of people as gang members in masks or face paint. It made $22.5 million on a $4 million budget. It's got a 7.6 on IMDb, an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 65% on Metacritic. Pauline, Ka Pauline Kale, my own personal Christ cow, <laughs> liked it. She said it was psychedelic. That's a statement from her, which is out of control and wild. Uh, <laughs> David Parkinson from Time Out said it was one of the best of 1979. And our guy Ebert, only two out of four, two stars out of four, saying it was more style than substance. 
So Gia, you chose this one. Yes, I did. Why the Warriors? Uh, I just, you know, ever since I was young, this just was a movie that my dad and I really bonded over. I know it was kind of weird. Uh, it was just one of those weird things that, you know, I, I have a weird fascination with just random movies like this, Rocky Horror, A Clockwork Orange. Like, I'm not, I'm not the typical, like, oh, The Notebook. No, this is... So you're, you're a cult classic girl, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, this, I don't know what it was that spoke to me about it, but I just, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the styling. I, I just remember uh, Derek and I, uh, when we were first, you know, going out, and I showed him this movie, and he was like, oh, I got to show you a movie about gangs. And then he showed me, go ahead, Derek, what did you show me? I said, if you like gang movies, you're going to love this. And I showed a West Side Story. <laughs> Not realizing that. And I will say, though, a lot of critics say The Warriors, it's like the new age West Side Story because a lot of it is very ballet-like as well in a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. But that doesn't, I mean, I think West Side Story is a lot more flamboyant. Absolutely. Um, but I said the wrong words to you. I should have said, hey, want to see a cool gang movie? Come and watch Gangs in New York with me. But I chose West Side Story instead, but continue. Or you could have said you, got, you could watch this amazing musical and I would have been right. like, absolutely. But when you say gang movie, that just wasn't <laughs> the first thing I thought of. But right, right. Wrong terms. I don't know what it is about this movie. I think it's, I don't know if it's the stylization of things. It's just, there's something about it that I'm just really drawn to. I don't know if it's all the different gangs and, you know, each one has their own different personality and representation. Um, and you get to see that throughout the entire movie, all these other gangs, you know, come up and you can see all the different inspirations that they have that they incorporated into their own thing. Um, but yeah, there, this was just a movie that like, I didn't necessarily uh, you know, my friends weren't like, oh, yeah, the Warriors. This was just like something that only my dad and I knew about. And then then to find out that it's also like this huge cult classic film, like, of course it is. Of course. So were your brother and mother, did they like the movie at all? I mean, like my, I, I, my mom just kind of like, unless it's a movie she's already seen, she'll you know, sit down for a minute, but then she can't sit still. She'll get up, move, move around. She'll ask questions in the background. So I'm sure she's probably seen it all the way through at one point, but it's not something that she'll sit and just throw on herself. Um, and my brother, like, I'm sure he probably likes it, but probably, again, not to the degree that my dad and I do. Gotcha. Eric, was that the first time you had seen the movie, or had you seen it before? Yeah, yeah. She, I didn't even think I heard of it before, I, I think. And Gia was like, you want to watch a really cool movie? And I was like, yeah. And we were, like I said, she was, we were just dating. Uh, we were in her be uh, Gia's old bedroom, and we, she had this little tiny TV, and we just laid in the bed and watched it. And I, I thought it was really cool. I just I had never seen anything like that before, where it was, uh, like you said, Gia, it's very like stylized, and it's very specific. You know, the director, everything he was doing was on purpose. He wanted to make the stylized sort of movie. And I kind of liked the cheesy dialogue of it. I kind of thought it worked. You know, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's a product of its time, for sure. But I like it. You know what I mean? Some movies don't hold up. But I could still watch this and say, I love the campiness of this movie. You know what I mean? So that was the way I felt about it. And I've seen it a bunch of times ever since. And it's become like, like, like you said, it's, it's a cult classic to me. It's one of my favorite movies of the seventies, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's a bold statement because the seventies is an excellent decade. It is. Uh, it is. But I think for its genre, like, you know, I, I like a lot of dramas in, in the seventies. Yeah. Dramas, there's comedies, but movies like that, you know, it's, it's, it's on the you know, four years after Rocky Horror, it feels like somebody's trying to make an artistic point. And that's what I like about it. So that's me. 
So as for myself, I have, I, before this time, I've seen the movie once before. And it was, I looked up, I remember the, the circumstance being there's a video game coming out probably for like the first Xbox or something like that. I think you're right about that. Yeah, Xbox. So yeah, they, they were showing it on, on TV with you know, commercials, like it was Spike TV or something like that. And so it was, it was not even like HBO where I watched it. So I didn't see it uncut. I didn't see it, it was, you know, straight through without commercials or anything. And I remember liking it fine. But this is the first time that I, yeah, that I revisited it. And it really struck me as I think they were trying to make a more Americanized, gee, you mentioned it, Clockwork Orange. It really feels that they were like, well, Clockwork Orange is one thing, but it's so British in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And this is like, let's set it in New York and let's have this like, you know, gr- grimier aesthetic. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's, there's things I like about it. There's things I wasn't crazy about, but I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. So before we get to what we liked about it, though, let's talk about what happens in the movie and each week we do that when Derek puts his Spotify on and chooses a song and Derek have have you chosen the song from the movie I have it is an excellent excellent song one of my favorites by the great Joe Walsh uh, recorded with the Eagles as well and that is in the city all right so if you're listening on and want to listen listen to it with me go ahead three Two, one, go. When the warriors are framed by a rival gang for the murder of Cyrus, a gangland uh, uh, speaker, uh, they have to work their way from the Bronx to Coney Island, and they have to work themselves way through gangs, including the following. Pimps, mimes, ROTC, monks, greaseballs, shirtless Cubans wearing hats, African-American kung fu experts, Asian cowboys, Really intense baseball fans, bald guys of all nationalities wearing denim, Erstaz black panthers and black panthers and sparkly coats. Time. Bikers of questionable sexual orientation, a gang of women time, of questionable time, or- sexual time, orientation, time, and time, roller time. skate enthusiasts. Time. Listen, you're gonna cut me off in the best part. <laughs> <laughs> We're never gonna know if they get home. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there's, there's not much plot to the movie. But there really isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty mindless, but it's awesome in that yeah. sense. So let's talk about our top three scenes in the movie. Gia, what's your number three? Um, so I didn't even, I, I couldn't put them in any particular order. It was really hard. You know, this movie as a whole, it's, it's for me, again, it's a movie as a whole. Um, so I guess for one of my scenes, um, I'm just going to start with, I'm going to go in order from how they go. So I'm going to choose Cyrus's speech. Um, you know, basically, from what I understood, uh, they basically took the story of 300. I don't know if y'all are familiar. I'm sure you are at this point yeah. with the, the film of uh, the 300 Spartans protecting, you know, their area from, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of other Persian soldiers. And so th- that's kind of where they drew the concept from, which it was, again, another big draw for my father. But Cyrus's speech is just bringing everyone together and he's trying to make this point that, you know, there's more of them than there are of, you know, police officers. They could basically run this entire city if everyone just 
you know, just followed along, but all it takes is one bad egg, you know, and it's kind of like a really crazy scene, you know, everyone is cheering and the speech is just so good. His voice is so powerful. And then all of a sudden Luther comes and just ends the scene abruptly. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if they did run the city, do you think it would be complete anarchy? Or do you think they'd actually have a system? It might be similar to kind of like uh, maybe like mafia run cities, you know what so, I mean? So they'd have things set up properly, you think? I, I Again, I don't think that they'll, you know, they're, they're, they're delinquents who are, you know, in charge of what, their, their own area. It, it, no, it, it wouldn't make necessarily any sense for it to, you know, run smoothly. No, I think the concept is just, you know, I, I think it would probably be anarchy to some degree, I guess. So I, I think to my my take on that is I when they say run the city, it sounds like they're more just talking about like the drug trade and like we can just get like defeat the cops and not have them hassle us. I don't think they're talking about like running the city. I mean, and obviously, you know, within 10 to 15 years, Mayor Giuliani would come in and clean up the streets. But I, I also think that of all this talk, like, oh, there's 20,000 people here, whatever they say, whenever, the, when the cops show up, they immediately just run everybody off. Right. So yeah. I don't think they could. It's because, it's because they weren't supposed to bring anything with them. Right. There's supposed to be no weapons either. So, yeah, so but that, that's basically it. Thanks. Who knows? Who knows if they would have just challenged the cops outright, though, or just been like, let's just save our own asses because, you know, whatever. But I will say that comes back to something that I'm very, very, very pro about. And that is if you legalize drugs, you don't have that much crime. And of course, this is a completely, you know, an ideal in the 70s, I'm sure it was thought about, but no one, no one ever did anything about it. But that's just my take. And we don't have to go into that. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Derek, what's your three? My three is actually the fight the warriors have with the punks in the subway. The punks being those guys in the roller skates. Uh, I had a look on roller skates, by the way, just I'm sorry. Only one person is on roller skates. That's right. The leader is on a roller, on roller skates. The rest of them aren't. In, the, in their heart, though, they're all on roller skates. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they just couldn't afford them. One they of them, own, one it, of them gets the skates every night. Yeah, one of them was a st- uh, one of them was a stunt double who like passed away like a couple of weeks after the movie, I think. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I remember reading about that. But I, I really liked this fight. It was really interesting. The camera angles were odd too because you have Swan and Mercy, and they're kind of like. I don't know. They're in one part of the subway. She's, she comes over and she's like, those guys are staring at you. And he's like, I know. Now they know that I know that. And luckily enough for Swan, the rest of the warriors come into the subway. They go into the bathroom and they, I think it's, the, I think by far it's the, the, uh, the best choreographed and roughest fights of the whole movie. Uh, the bathroom fights, the, the stall t- the doors are breaking open. People are breaking all kinds of stuff over each other's heads. People are flip doing backflips. It's very violent, and it's not, you know, it's not like uh, it's not it's not cheesy violence. It's like yeah. in your face violence. It's pretty. It was pretty violent scene, and I, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool, and shows the warriors' toughness. I do like that. You know, I think Rembrandt, the kind of like the weakest one in the gang, is sort of like does his little part. Then he just kneels with mercy, and he like hides and like because he's not meant to be the fighter. He's the spray paint guy. Well, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's basically, uh, there's a deleted scene at the beginning where you see him kind of getting his chance to be with the gang before he's officially 
sworn in basically and right right so they have him they have him do yeah yeah they have him do they have him do yes so many things but um i like the scene i thought it was very cool how they how they filmed it and everything so that's my that's my number three all right my number three is actually uh the end of the movie and it's everything from you know warriors come out to play with the the bottles Mm -hmm. uh, right up to that when the end uh, of the song. when well yeah well to the song really but specifically when luther is like overcome by the the gang no! which yeah like what like yeah. what horrors are fucking befalling this man at this point it it doesn't seem good for him but yeah it's i mean the the warriors come out to play is incredible the scene itself i feel like there's not much to it i mm-hmm. I, I feel like luther and his gang aren't i don't know they're like they're all like gay bikers it's weird uh like uh like, like, the, the, like the village people but the, <laughs> the yeah and they they're not like the most threatening gang it i feel like and in yeah. the, the the fight as it is is just over immediately so that's probably why it doesn't i feel like this movie calls for a more action-packed finale which is why it's not higher but what's there is really cool yeah, and you know, it's funny, G even mentioned, I mean, because we, we all know that Luther is very unhinged. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of a whack job, and G was even like, she's like, I wonder if he's even talking to anybody on the scenes when he's on the phone, or if he's just pretending to talk on the phone because he's insane. Not pretending, um, but like, <laughs> he's, like he, he fully is believing he's speaking to somebody on the phone, but is there actually someone there? <laughs> he comes back and he's like, yeah, the warriors are on the run, and the guys are like, okay, like... And then, and then he's like at the, uh, the guy grabs a bunch of chocolate bars and the gay, the girl's like, are you going to pay? And he's like, for what? <laughs> he's just kind of like unhinged. But I, to, to your, to the scene that you mentioned, Rick, I love the end when he sees the riffs coming and they start walk, closing on him and he turns his head like, mm, no, like don't touch. I love it. He's such a, he does a really good job, but I think you're, I think you're right about that. There's no really like big epic climax that like you see the rogues get theirs you just kind of assume you can use your imagination that they get torn apart yeah by like hyenas <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it's gonna work out very well for them right yeah number two scene um so again just going in order for how it goes in the film uh my second scene is the scene with the baseball furies um i know that not necessarily that they're not the toughest gang by any means i really not but i just love the stylization of everything from the music, which I think is such a big part of this movie for me, like the music just speaks so much to what I love about it. And it, it just like, it makes your heart start pumping. And then all of a sudden you just see like these crazy guys with these like painted faces and come to find out it's like the, um, the art director just putting his love together of baseball and his favorite band Kiss. So I just thought it was just really funny that, you know, with those two inspirations, he drew something that was just really cool to see. And I just love that scene of the Warriors just kicking the shit out of them. Uh, Ajax's line of, you know, I'm going to get that baseball bat and turn you, shove it up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. Like that's one of probably the best lines throughout the entire film. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very blunt character for sure. For sure, for sure. Ajax, we'll talk about Ajax in a little bit. Um, But yeah. He, the baseball furies. Well, wild. What? I mean, just, just crazy. You know, uh, you, you know what it is for me, Rick. I don't mean to cut you off, but I was just thinking about this as we're speaking. It, it's we're getting into the '80s too, and it almost kind of reminds yeah. me of like late '80s, early '90s, like wrestling, like mm-hmm. really outlandish things that are happening. Because like, 
you know, if you were doing one of these movies nowadays, you probably wouldn't have gangs like that. They'd be much more conservative type gangs. They'd be the Crips and the Bloods and the 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 Spanish gang, the the the, the skinhead gang. It wouldn't be baseball furies and guys who have pain in their face. So for me, it, it felt like early's like you know early WWE days. I'll be honest. I was a little surprised when I saw the year that this was made because I really was like, oh, this is the 80s. Right, right. This is so 80s. It's so, like, colorful, I guess is the word, but just so garish in so many ways. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, we were right there. Yeah. And it's, I mean, 79, like, the other stuff, I mean, I guess this is, like, kind of disco-y in some ways, so I guess it makes sense, that. but yeah. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so Derek, what is your number two? My number two, uh, I would say it's the gang meeting in the beginning of the movie, the, all the gangs, uh, Cyrus being shot. I think uh, it's a really cool way to, to introduce what's going on. And, and, and it's pretty spectacular that this guy Cyrus uh, was able to get all these gangs involved. And the camera shots are really cool. You see a mix of all these different types of gangs. And they're all really excited to be there, which makes me think that, like, they really care about this. Like, they're not just like, ah, I'm in a gang so I can hurt people and be cool. They're they're there for a reason and that's they want to hear this guy talk and maybe what the future holds um and then the camera shots where they show the rogues passing the gun from member to member to member to member it's kind of silly you know what i mean one of them could have just been like hey luther here's the gun rather than go from person to person to person but it's stylized it's supposed to be like that luther kills cyrus can you dig it um i mean that's so iconic and uh, he gets killed and you know the rogues and, and luther they they the, the one warrior who's still standing there in shock is the character Fox. And he's standing there with his eyes open, kind of wide, like, I can't believe this man was just killed. And Luther points him out and says, you know, he did it. It was the warriors. And fight ensues. And the warriors lead leader, Cleon, is basically killed by the riffs, or so we think he is. He's pretty much gone. But he, he puts up a pretty good fight. You know, he's battling it now. He's got some good moves. Um and G and I were talking about this earlier when they did the reunion, the character, who, the actor who plays Cleon was like really excited to be part of the reunion. He only gets that really like one scene, but he does get those scenes beforehand where he's talking to each member and they're like, what do you know about Cyrus? You know, pure magic and all the funny yeah. lines there. Uh, but I think that whole scene is really cool and it sets off the whole movie. Like, okay, here we go. Everybody's after the warriors and it's not their fault. I like it. I mean, I just want to say poor Fox who gets fucking lawn darted into a train yeah. What's so, you know what, what else is weird about that is he's like not listed in the cast. Like you can't really he's the only member you can't find. There's a backstory to that. So the actor that plays um, Fox apparently had a lot of disputes with the director and to the point where the director's like, all right, yeah, I guess uh, he was supposed to have to be the love interest of Mercy. Yes. And I guess just throughout filming, like things just didn't, you know, they weren't copacetic. So they basically killed him off. So here's what we're going to do. Plans have changed. We're going to throw you into a train. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a pretty violent death. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I, as, as well as that, I remember reading it specifically, Fox was supposed to be with Mercy. And then apparently Swan was supposed to be kidnapped by quote unquote, a homosexual gang is what it says. Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Right. So they changed things up a little bit and didn't go that direction. But uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Quote, unquote. So let's just roll it over because the uh, the gang conference is is my number two as well. Just echoing what you said, just the Cyrus performance. Mm -hmm. I love when an actor 
or a character can show up for like two minutes and be one of the most memorable parts of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. It's it's so cool when he goes. He said, "Can you dig it? We have eighty thousand soldiers. Can you dig it?" And he just like he sticks out so much because you don't really know anyone yet, other than uh, you know a, a couple of the warriors have kind of major traits that that we know them as. But yeah, the it's it's so cool, and you're like, okay, I'm into this world right now. It's kind of fun. It's you know the cops are dangerous. We get gangs. I'm in. So that's what that scene does for me. But let's go to number one, or I guess latest chronologically in Gia's case. Gia, what's your number one? Um, Before we get into that, I also just want to kind of note that I just love the fact that you go from someone like Cyrus, whose voice is just so commanding after each little line like something like you know our little piece of turf like just just something a line like that and you have cyrus right then he's gone and you're like oh shit like who the fuck is gonna replace him and then you've got like who are the warriors i want all the warriors and that dude like his voice you're like oh shit they got someone with okay all right all right the, the, the riffs the riffs they're just known as guys who can speak really well um oh. if i could if i could cast barack obama in this gang i would too <laughs> just, just purely for his speaking voice. I, he actually almost made my cast list. That's, that's, I, that's, I mean, you would have won the Facebook poll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, so back to my, my last uh, scene. Uh, I chose the, you know, the quintessential come out and play. Um, I, I love that scene. I love the fact that the actor, Luther, you know, who plays Luther, drew inspiration from his own childhood where his own childhood bullies would use this tactic to terrify him and then like try to you know basically freak him out and you know make him feel like he was going to get beaten up and all that so i thought that was really cool that he drew from his own past life uh the entire scene from that point all the way to in the city you know that last scene where they're all just walking on the beach is just such a great you know i I love how the gang themselves are like you know they fought all night to get back to Coney Island. They finally get there and they're like, you know, we think we get, when we get back to, you know, home, like we feel like we're safe, but you know, it didn't feel like that much had changed. Like shit was still fucked up for them. Uh, it's just kind of cool that at least. Yeah. You know, no, I, 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 I love that. It well, it's like, Oh, we, we finally made it home and Oh, it's a piece of shit. Like yeah. it's. We oh, fought yeah. all the way to get back to this. Right, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that was an, an interesting Bill line. Bill kind of feel that way about it's home. a universal message too. It's like it's, you know, in a lot of movies, people are trying to get back home, and uh, home isn't always what you remember it to be like. You know, or even like somebody, somebody like the Hobbits in the Lord of the Rings movie. It's like things just can't go back to normal, so we have to leave again. Hmm. You know. You know, I was actually kind of hoping to see uh, Aldi's house from Annie Hall when they got back, but just didn't. Right. <laughs> 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 our, 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 uh, not our friend, but our acquaintance, Woody Allen, just there. Yeah, like, he's, just, oh. he's just he's just an acquaintance that we know. Yeah, he's just he's a guy we know. We're not close friends like we are with Bruce Wayne, right. but he he just shows up. He's like, oh, warriors. Okay, I'm gonna leave now. Uh, <laughs> so, Derek, what's your number one? We can keep talking about it because the ending at the Coney Island beach uh, is my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, it's tough. Like I just said, like the whole movie is just one big long thing, and there's just segments that are you know, different scenes and stuff. And I love the baseball fury scene. And I love, uh, I love the, the, the scene with the orphans. You see what happens when you mess with the orphans. Uh, I love all those segments, but for me, the ending is like, finally they get what they deserve, you know, and the riffs 
they travel all that way to sort of interrupt, you know, the rogues killing the warriors. Not even they may not even be able to. I mean, Luther goes to, to, to shoot Swan and he throws a knife into his arm and dodges the bullet, which is pretty badass. Um, but of course, the clinking of the bottles is just tremendous. It's so airy and so weird. Uh, and it's w- one of the most memorable scenes in the entire movie. Uh, but that whole ending and then just walking on the beach and stuff and you wonder to yourself, are Swan and Mercy actually going to be a couple? Are they going to make it together? Like, are they going to, is it going to last for them? It's, it's interesting. It's, it's weird too. But yeah, that's home for them now and they go back to their regular lives, whatever that may be. Um, I will say that I did read, I skimmed through the Wikipedia page that had the uh, original novel, The Warriors, and it's a very different story and it's much more in your face and when I think the last thing was like the last paragraph was one of the characters comes home and they walk into their house and their mother is having sex with some guy and there's a baby there that's being neglected so he picks up the baby and walks out of the house it's very different and more in your face about how these people live rather than stylized and I think this director I think he made the better choice just for this because he what he basically was he made a fun action like a fun gritty movie is what he did I, I gotta you say, know. when I saw the credit based on a novel, it was shocking. I was stunned. That so, I mean, it, it makes sense that it's it's super different, but I was like, this is a book. Yeah, what? yeah. Like, like I said, they're completely different. Uh, gang names are different. All character names are different. Yeah. Stories a little different. So, but anyways, yeah, that's my number one. Is the last scene. I think it's great, and I think the the movie ends with a tremendous song. Uh, I hadn't heard it in a long time, and I, when I when we watched it, I, I listened to the song like a thousand times in a row, and trying to convince my band to cover it at our next show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, very big influence on me. So, so my number one is actually something that has not been mentioned yet and it is it's the first montage after the conference where we see all the gangs for the first time and i believe the song is like nowhere to run Mm -hmm. or nowhere to run to and it's just like each gang is progressively more and more ridiculous until you see the baseball furies and you're like what the fuck is happening here like what what planet are we on that you know these these things exist and it's just i'm like okay we're gonna run into all these crazy groups i i can't wait to get going it just gets me pumped for what we're gonna see so that (laughs) is my number one so unfortunately it can't all be rainbows it can't all be butterflies we have to have a least favorite part of the movie gia what's your least favorite part of the warriors so um, my least favorite part, and I wouldn't say it's the entire scene or anything, because I thought for the majority of it, it went pretty well. And this is the scene with the Lizzie's, um, the, the all-female gang that kind of entices three of the members of the Warriors back to their place, where you're like, okay, like, you know, they're doing a good job, you know, making them feel safe. And then there's like, what, over seven of them, and there's a gun uh, or, at le- or two guns at least, uh, a knife, and then literally out of the three of them, the youngest one gets a, a slight tiny cut on his arm, and that was literally all they got. And I'm like, okay, there's supposed to be these badass chicks, and w- w- what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it kind of fell flat for me there. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's kind of a weird scene because, and it goes to maybe a larger thing throughout the movie, but – 
you see like the girls are dancing with each other like kind of suggestively and then shit breaks out and like the name of the gang is kind of on the nose for me as well yeah. you would you would think like if they're taking you know if if they're taking um you know inspiration from Thermopylae and and you know Greek stories like why not have them be the sirens or something like uh, you know cuz they like you know, Cyrus, I guess, is like, he's a you know, Persian leader. So that, I guess, kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, like, maybe go more into that instead of being, like, Lizzie's. Lizzie's? Mm-hmm. That's what I got from that, anyway. But maybe I'm reading into it. Seems seems a little close for comfort. Derek, what's your least favorite part? Same thing, and um, I thought it was so funny that she picked the same thing as me, probably because we talked about it as the movie was happening. But, yeah, I mean, the Lizzie's have a, a really good chance to kill three of the members, and those members are as follows. Rembrandt, Cochise, and Vermin. And Rembrandt is an interesting character because he comes off to me as that he might be homosexual because uh, he's very not into what's happening in that room, whereas Cochise and Vermin – not very smart, just like, yeah, we're safe and we want to get some. And But Rembrandt is also very much like he could either be, ha- you know, homosexual or he could also be just kind of like on his guard. Yeah, I think um, honestly that he's just a really young character. He's incredibly terrified of what's go- gone on thus far in the night. He's not even a complete member of this gang just yet. And he at this point is under the assumption that the leader of his own gang is probably dead or arrested. And now he knows that two of the members of his gang who are supposed to be protecting him are now under the influence of these women. And so he's yeah. probably well, it's true too. I mean, I think Rembrandt, he probably, to, to actually dig deep into his character, yeah, his leader is missing. That leader was probably the one who got him into the gang and has been training him. Uh, so now his leader is gone, his mentor, as, you know, and then, uh, and then he's having this wacky night that he's never experienced before in his entire life. And every scene you see him in, he's just very like concerned and nervous. And I mean, who wouldn't be? Um, but like I said, the, the Lizzie's had all the chances in the world to kill these three guys, uh, especially when Coach Ice and Vermin are, are, are doing their thing on the couch with the girls. They could have had the other two girls with guns, shot them both, and then had their way with Rembrandt. It would have been pretty easy, and you didn't need a lot of brains to figure that out. So either the Lizzie's are not a great gang. And also thing, were they at the meeting in the beginning? I don't remember seeing a lot of female gangs there. So I don't think I saw any female gangs, to be, to be honest. So maybe the Lizzie's weren't even part of it but they found out about it and maybe they're just not a well, good gang. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing we haven't mentioned is it's, it's all on the radio. Yeah, exactly. So then maybe they weren't at the meeting in the beginning and maybe they just found out and they're trying to help and catch the warriors. And either, either this was a misstep by the director or the writers or the Lizzie's are just a really crappy gang. <laughs> but regardless, what a really cool way for the gangs to communicate, uh, especially with that radio DJ uh, woman's voice that yeah. is so... Oh, her, so good. Her, that's another, I, I love how both Rocky Horror and this both have synonymous lip. I was just going to uh, say, like, you brought us two movies and they both had, like, extreme close-up of lips. Yes. Well, you know, you know what's funny? Uh, when I was reading some of this for the, uh, the summary of the, the book, apparently the, the radio is a big thing in the book as well. And the song that gathers all the gangs is by the Beatles. And they didn't disclose what song it was. Really? Um, and the, the book came out, I think the book came out in 65. So you gotta, if you're going to try to figure out
year what song it is going to be before 65. I don't know. We can work it out. See, before I, you I, said I, the year, it would have been like, oh, come together. It's uh, not. Yeah, it's yeah. not that song. So I, yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'll look into it deeper and find out which one it was. But I think it's kind of funny that that was the song uh, or that was the band. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I have kind of a two-part issue with this movie, let's say. And it's the the movie's treatment of sexuality in like both, you know, in a few senses of the word, like there's a lot of casual homophobia in this, quite a few F-bombs mm-hmm. from like characters who are ostensibly supposed to be like, we're supposed to be rooting for them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of shitty. It's like different society then, I get it, but it's like, ugh, kind of watching it. And also... There's a lot of like, like rape, like, like it, it. The warriors are implied to be rapists, um, like quite a few times, and like specifically Ajax. But there's also like when they meet Mercy for the first time, it's like maybe we should just run a train on you. I'm like, what? Like, and 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 Swan, who is like the hero of the movie, like reaches up her skirt threateningly. So it's like. Yeah, I guess they're supposed to be gang members, but, like, how do I root for these people? Well, Oh, go ahead, G. What I was going to say, what I kind of got from that, like, obviously, it's definitely a product of its time. I'm not, you know... Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm not giving them any, you know... I'm not taking anything away from them, you know, dropping quite a few F-bombs, because obviously, you know, it is definitely eerie listening to it, you know, in this year especially, but... uh. Uh, especially with like characters like Mercy, like I think you see from the very beginning, like she is a very forward character. Like she doesn't, she doesn't shy away from it at all. Yeah. And I think, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I think the way that Swan kind of puts it out there, uh, granted, like, again, it's eerie hearing it, but like, I think he's just trying to make a point that like, you know, first of all, this chick, she went from being with the orphans who, you know, is this, little nothing gang that has like this tiny little paper that oh look what we did but they didn't even know about the goddamn you know they probably don't even know about the radio you know what i mean uh and then she saw this other gang she she literally tried getting them jumped and when they walked through without an issue she was like oh shit these guys are much better than what i got going on so i'm gonna go to something better so i think that's what swan was basically trying to do like you're just another product of what's going on with this night it's all bad yeah, uh, you know, but I, I'm going to give a little bit of a spiel here. And before I do my spiel, uh, in this world nowadays, especially at the time we live in, we have to sort of tell people first how we feel or else we'll get in trouble for what we say. Uh, and I will say, first of all, I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm pro-homosexuality. I'm pro everything in LGBT, everything. Um, but I will say this. I think the the words used in the movie are necessary. And I think it's very important that this is part of this movie and because these are how people talk. This is how gangs and a lot of people in that culture, that is what they do. They have uh, locker room mouths. They say, you know, words that we don't like to use nowadays. And even back then they weren't good words to use, but if you don't have that element in it, I feel like it's not gritty anymore. Quentin Tarantino, one of the finest directors of our time, he, you know, he does a lot of movies that have a lot of language that is, you know, not, Uh, something that people a lot of people want to hear and uh but as he explains film is fantasy world it is a fantasy it is not depicting you know specific you know it's not one of those things where you should go out and do violence or say these words but it's film it's it's sort of so for me the warriors 
I like the fact that they use that because it's, yeah, it's part of its time, but like, I don't want to shy away from those things existing. The reason why I watch film is because it takes me out of my own life and puts me into somewhere else where it's different and fantasy. So if those, if that language was not in the movie, I'd almost feel like it was like sort of a, you know, a less than what it should be as far as a gritty gang movie, you know, yeah, Cause, would, because people say- talk like that and that is a real thing. So show me real. I was gonna say it kind of, that's what I feel like the difference between the Warriors and West Side Story is is the grittiness. Like you know, you have you know uh, the Warriors and they're saying these horrible things, and then you got West Side Story and it's like okay, copper. Like what? Like what's the worst thing that they said in West Side Story? Like it doesn't probably Mick, Mick and Spick when they were putting insults back to each other. They were saying they they they, they said these slurs. They said them. Uh, you know, they were there because it's in the culture, and you know, I, I don't. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, when they say the F word uh, regarding homosexuality, I, I'm not sitting there going, ooh, it's a bad word. I get it because it's part of it, but I don't, you know, you know what I mean? I'm just trying sure. to make a point and, and where, I, yeah. I understand what Tarantino's trying to say because, but coming from Tarantino's mind, anytime a character uses racial language or, you know, or, or you know, controversial language, it's done with a purpose. And I think... In this, it kind of struck me as needless almost. I think you don't need that through line throughout the movie. It, it, it doesn't really do anything at, like at all. It's just like, this is just how we talk. And it's just, we just talk for no reason like this. It's just like, it's. Yeah, I, I think mostly, I think it might be Ajax who uses it the most. It, and yes. I think it, it brings his character like the more edgy, edgy guy of the group. And yeah, you could, you could, you could definitely, you know, you could, you could have worked around that. But I think, um, I think the director wanted to show like, you know, this is how these people talk. And, uh, and this is what the culture is and things like that. So I don't think, it, I don't think it was overly used. I think it was actually just enough where I wasn't like, okay, you know what I mean? And and one thing I, I will say to, to Gia's point a bit that she's making, you know, about, about Mercy earlier, I think it's, I mean, one thing this movie does really well and I think is very progressive on is, you know, like it's very sex positive for Mercy. Like she does not shy away from like, yeah, this is what I do. And like, so what if I do it? It's like, this is just like who I am and what I do. And like the like people coming out of the club or whatever that they run into the train. I think it was a prom. The pro- yeah, something like that. They're the assholes, you know, and like they're just doing what like these people are just doing what they're doing. So yeah, I mean that that part I yeah you know, from sort of a similar perspective I I I liked what they did. But and there's uh, a cool moment too in that scene where yeah. the kid at the prom is looking at them and he kind of looks down. The camera just kind of shows up a close up of uh, of Swan's fingers and like fingernails yeah. and how dirty they are and how and he just looks at them like wow I hope I don't grow up to get into that thing into that life yeah. and I kind of liked how they threw that in there. And one more point I wanted to make about um, Ajax and all of the you know things that he kind of says and does throughout the film that kind of makes him you know, even though he's, you know, part of the Warriors, he's kind of that person that you're like, all right, you know, he, he's not necessarily the best guy, but uh, I, I also feel like he's the one who kind of got what he deserved in the end, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like someone like uh, Cleon at the beginning, you know, he didn't get the, the chance to see what his character became, whereas Ajax, he went, you know what I mean? He got arrested. And of the things to happen to you in the gang, that's probably the worst, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that is um, 
you know, Ajax, he's, he's one of those guys where you, you don't want to be friends with him, but you're really happy he's on your side. Because if you watch a lot of the scenes, he's one of the toughest. He beats up a lot of people. He's one of those guys where Cleon's probably like, Ajax is a pain in my ass, but, you know, when you're in a fight, you want him, you know? Yeah. He, saved, he saved Cowboys. Like, like literally, he, he, I think, alone knocked out three of or four out of the baseball furies. Yeah, you, you don't beat the baseball furies unless you have Ajax, basically. Ajax, to me, reminds me of the guy who, like, you ever, you ever go to a party and there's, like, one per like, a friend of a friend of a friend who's there. And it's like, I don't know if I like that guy. <laughs> I don't know about that guy. How do he, who's he know? And it's right. like, yeah. It's kind of like instead of a gang, it's like a sorority, and you know he's like that one dude that you're like, okay, he's technically quote unquote my brother, but I probably wouldn't yeah. trust him. Watch, yeah, if the girls say, like, watch your drink around Ajax. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a scene in the beginning where Cleon is talking to Rembrandt, and he's like, listen, you're gonna be fine in this gang, just stay away from Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, listen, he's doing his thing. He's been with us a long time. <laughs> But just, just keep it, just keep your distance. So let's go to medals, and we are going to give bronze, silver, and gold to the people who, you know, helped uh, boost or benefited from this movie in the in the you know in the in the greatest way. So, Gia, who is your bronze medal? So my bronze medal, kind of, uh, I did kind of a cop out move where I I kind of gave it a combined role. Because uh, I couldn't, I honestly just couldn't choose between them because they weren't necessarily in the film for a very long time, but both characters, I feel like, just stood out a lot, and you just remember them at the end, and that was both Cyrus and Luther, um, because, again, with Cyrus, like, you only see him for that one scene, and I can quote for you verbatim exactly what his speech is, because it's just that iconic and then Luther, again, you see him throughout these tiny little clips. And another thing I wanted to note, too, is just, like, how great the transitional scenes are just, like, kind of comic booky, And it just kind of gives it that other whole element. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sorry. But, yeah, Luther is just another one of those characters that, like, he's not the toughest character. But, like, he's – there's something about his – presence that's just really it irks you and he doesn't have to be this big tough guy to just rub you the wrong way right derek who's your bronze yeah and and, and to your point g2 like um david patrick kelly who plays luther is not a big guy he's a little guy and uh he's you know he's not he's not very uh oh I, I would lose to a fight and against that guy he's just unhinged and that makes him such a great antagonist is the craziness of his character. Um, so anyways, my honorable mention in this movie, uh, in this movie, he, he got my fourth, was actually Michael Beck. I really liked Swan. I thought he was a really good choice to take over the gang. He's level-headed. He's, he's smart, you know. As soon as, you know, Ajax goes and wants to do his thing with that girl, he's like, are you stupid? Like, what are you doing? And then the other guy's like, we should go back for him. He's like, all right, go back for him, watch, it, watch him, and I'm going to go find, you know what I mean? He's always... He's always the uh, the next step above everybody else. He's always ready to do what's necessary. I think Michael Beck, even though his, his performance is kind of like laid back and a little bit brought back, he's not a colorful character. I like him. I, I, he's one of my favorite characters to watch in the movie. But my number three uh, goes to James Remar, who plays Ajax. I think he's not one of those actors that I would have 
said, oh, he would, would play a part like this. I've seen him in a lot of movies, and he's sort of goofy in a lot of things. He plays Raiden in the, the uh, Mortal movies. Mortal Kombat. And he gets, he, just he, in he, the second one. Just in the second one, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got a haircut. Do you like it? And I'm like, what <laughs> is happening? Like, and I knew James Remar from different movies, but when I remember when Gia showed me this, I said, whoa, this is a whole different things for this actor. Like, he's really, like, edgy. I like his character. Um, the fact that he's this guy and everything. And I, I like his lines and where he looks at people. I, even the scene where he, like, approaches the girl on the bench. He's like, you okay, lady? You, you need help with something, lady? Like, right off the bat, he's asking her, like, are you in trouble? Whatever. And then when he finds out that she's not, he's like, okay, now sex. And that's where his mind goes, this character. And the guys are like, what are you doing? We can get girls in Coney Island. He's like, nah, 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 nah. And, uh, and he, he gets handcuffed to the bench and he's like trying to pull the bench and like run away with the, with the whole bench. And then he gets hit with a nightstick in the stomach and he looks up and he's got that blood dripping from his mouth. Like, okay, I fucked up. And his character is, is much more, uh, you know, second, third, fourth dimensional than the other characters are we get to see where Ajax's brain is and he, his stupidity and his hot headedness get him arrested. My bronze medal collectively goes to the baseball furies. Okay. Because when you think when I, you know, had this move, when this movie was brought to me, the first thing that came to my mind and the first thing that comes to, I feel like most people's mind when I think of this movie is the crazy baseball themed gang that uh menaces the warriors i guess like and, and even even in this kind of like crazy world th like they the warriors see them and go what the fuck <laughs> like what is this? i'm trying to think of like what is their backstory and i i, I know you went over earlier like the, the real life backstory of like oh he liked kiss and he liked baseball and it's just like but the gang themselves, it just, here, that's not the that gang right. themselves. Here's here. The only thing I can think of is like, they're from the Bronx. They grew up in the shadow of Yankee stadium. They're like big baseball fans. And they're just like, let's just incorporate this into our thing, but let's not talk. I that's what the, that's, that's what's menacing about them is that they don't speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And another part to the truth is that I don't know if, if you if you really look at their faces, you can kind of tell some of them are a little bit older, and they are. It's they're they're older um, stuntmen that basically. So that's why it's one of the more stylized fights, because uh, it's these just like amazing stuntmen doing these cool, crazy scenes. But I'd like to think that you know the the baseball bat itself kind of drove probably the reason why they chose to have this baseball theme because. As far as weapons go, like, I don't know, just being hit with a bat just seems so fucking, I don't know, menacing and badass. And well, they didn't do a lot of hitting because they really couldn't. They, no, beat no, up cow they, they beat up Cowboy because he's one of the smaller guys and couldn't handle himself. But the other, th the, other th the other three or four guys, they, they were like, are you kidding me? You have bats and couldn't beat us up? <laughs> so. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah, the Warriors are a tough gang. They really are. For how they look, they don't look like they're that tough. There are a lot of small guys in there, but, you know, small doesn't mean uh, no heart, so. Hmm. Would you say it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog, Derek? I'm glad you said that, because yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking, but just not in My those God. words. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gia, who gets your silver? So, my silver goes to Ajax. Again, uh, it's not, he's not the best or well-liked character, but I think the actor did a really great job playing the character well. 
I know that, you know, in the audition, I guess, like he had pulled that very long audition table, very like the, uh, the bench that he does in the film. And that kind of really sparked the casting process to want to choose him. But yeah, I thought he was great in the role. Uh, very menacing, not like any other character I've seen him in. I thought he did a great job of the role. All right, Derek, who's your silver? My silver goes to David Patrick Kelly, who plays the antagonist, Luther. Uh, he's very strange, um, especially during my recast. Uh, who the hell am I going to cast nowadays uh, right around his age? Because a lot of actors in this movie are in their late 20s, early 30s. That's the, the, the age range. Uh, who am I going to cast for this guy? And he's, uh, he's very different the way he speaks because I like doing things like that. Uh, he's very odd, uh, but it's, it just, it works so well in this film because this film is odd. Like you mentioned the baseball furies, they don't talk, they're menacing. And uh, David Patrick Kelly's performance is, uh, is menacing in, in a lot of ways. And he's the one who came up with the warriors thing and the clinking of the bottles. I was telling Gia originally, he wanted to get a bunch of dead pigeons and put them in his fingers and use those, I guess. And the director's like, you're not going to get the sound you want and it's going to be really weird looking. <laughs> so try something out. Okay, I'll, I'll use bottles. But just the actor, him thinking out loud, like, what am I going to do to make this scene as menacing as I can? And, and that, that scene alone is like, what the heck? But you don't see him all that often. Every time you do see him, though, you just see this unhinged characterization uh, yeah. But he gets my silver. I think he's, uh, I think he's one of the great villains that people forget about. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it going because he is my silver as well. And he is just great at playing a crazy, just piece of shit with not one redeeming quality. Mm -hmm. I guess he's like weirdly charismatic in some way, <laughs> but like, like what, what about, it reminds me of of a story with the the actor who played the emperor in Star Wars, right? Uh, Ian McDermott. He's trying to find like the center of this character who is just evil, evil. Like that's just all it is. Is just like what can I grab onto to like do this performance? And there's like a scene at the opera where he's like, I guess he's a patron of the arts, and that just kind of reminds me of Luther. Is like there's no center to this character. And it's, it's just so fun to see, as you guys said, just a completely unhinged, wild performance that just is, is great. He's just, he's great. And like, you can, you can tell like the actors in this movie that really dig into their parts, I, I feel like tended to get, go on to have the, the better careers. Um, looking back on it, and David, uh, Patrick Kelly is definitely, definitely one of them. You, He's been in a bunch of stuff. I think, I think the rest of the, the rest of the rogues, they feel like they're look, looking at him like, I guess he's our leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just over there doing village people biker cosplay. Like, We're following this guy's direction. We're not going to make it very far. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how. They, like, where do they represent? Where are they from in in the city? They don't uh, seem like the smartest gang, for sure. Why did you kill him? Why did you know. kill Cyrus? I just did. Because I like doing things like that. <laughs> That's like <laughs> yeah. the, the, the antagonist with no background. And he not just, like... He was yeah. born evil. <laughs> not like... Yeah. Not like this, this gang and, and my gang have been, have been going at it for years. Like no personal reason for it. Like, I just like killing people. I disagree, with, me. I disagree with what he said. I am yeah. a Trump guy. <laughs> 
the only person who's going to unite all the gangs is Donald J. <laughs> Trump. We know this. Look at his tower. I'm a proud boy, and I'm waiting on the sidelines. Yeah. Why did you storm the Capitol, Luther? I don't know. I just <laughs> like doing things like that. <laughs> that okay, if, if Luther was a real character, a real person, and he lived in this time, he would be the guy in front storming the White House. Absolutely. He'd be the guy in, like, the Viking hat. He'd yeah, exactly. Guy. You have the guy with the makeup and the, the – exactly. Luther, why'd you, why did you erect that statue of a Confederate general? I don't know. I just like doing things like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to gold. Gia, who is your gold medal winner? So again, this was a collective win for me. And this went to both the director, Walter Hill, who took on such a great task of such an amazing film and for its time did such a great job putting it together. And then also to the score, uh, to Mr. Barry Dvorzon, who scored this film. Some of the most creative sound back soundtrack to a film that I, I, I legit remember making the, uh, the tune of the Baseball Furies theme my ringtone for when I was in middle school and I thought I was the coolest person in the world. So yeah, that's where my goal goes. All right, I'm gonna actually jump in there unless Derek wants to as well, because that is my exact gold medal tie as well. That is mine as well. All right. So we're all on the same page. And I think for me, the biggest and best part of this movie is just the the mood of it mm -hmm. and just the direction and the music just go together to create this this atmosphere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, there, there are some scenes in that that I'm I'm questioning. A, uh, you know, if you look at the movie as a whole, a lot of it is running. You know, the warriors are always on the run, and they're running and running and running and running. And there's scenes where they just run. It almost reminds me of the beginning of the Two Towers, where Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are just running. You know, and uh, for for the warriors, you know, there's moments where I think some of the characters are gonna fall. And I think that has to do with some of the great acting that they that they did. Is like they. There was moments when like, oh, some of them going to fall. They're going to get caught by the uh, Turnbull MCs or whatever they're called, Turnbull ACs. Yep. You know, I think the director, he created tension in a great way because, you know, him and the guy who did the score, they, 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 they put tension together with some great, you know, great music. And uh, the camera shots were eerie. You know, there's one camera shot where the Warriors are on the side of the road and the Turnbull ACs are driving that huge bus back and forth. And the shot is like swan in the front and then all the guys at an angle behind them. And uh, they're just standing there waiting. And they, just the, some of the camera shots were beautiful. And like you said before, G, um, you've mentioned that it felt like, a, it feels like a comic book. And that's one of the stylizations that just makes the movie just jump out on the screen. Um, I love that. I almost wish he went further with that and almost made it look like a comic book. He did. So I, I had the DVD version where it does that. When that's what I remember. That's the one, that's the version yeah. you showed me. There was actual comic book like illustrations and then it moved on to the scene. Yeah. And it was the coolest thing. So yeah, I don't know if they took it out of the like now released film. Like, yeah, I think they did. And I, I want to get our hands on that again because that was really I have cool. It. We should watch it because I, I want to see that again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we all agree that, that that's, that's the gold. So. Yeah, and uh, I think Barry DeVorzen, just to, to up it even a little bit, get him a little more credit, I think he gets a credit, a writing credit in the city. Really? Yeah. I think in the, cool. Interesting. Least, yeah, I think it's, it's written by him and, and Joe Walsh. 
But I'd like, I'd like, but, uh, sorry to cut you off. I'd like people to, if you're going to comment on this episode, take a look at the version that Joe Walsh does on his own and then take a look at the version the Eagles do. It is basically the same exact thing. I think instead of the females backup singers, there's the Eagles backup singers, the that's Eagle singers. Different. It's the only difference is the ooh in the chorus. And that's literally it. I wonder if Joe Walsh took the song and was like, okay, I'm not going to re-record this whole song, guys. Just fill in the harmonies in the chorus. Yeah. So just a weird note that I, I noticed. But anyways, we can move forward. All right. So now we get to what is quickly becoming one of my favorite, if not my favorite part of the show. And that is recasting so Derek I know you said you did a lot of the cast I casted 15 characters okay I only have five uh Gia how many do you have I have let's see one two three four five maybe like six okay so I have so we'll save the the I, I guess the ones we have in common for last so I have Swan, Ajax, Luther, Mercy, and Cyrus. I got Ajax, Cleon, Snow, Vermin, Mercy, and the DJ. So that's Swan, Ajax, and Mercy. No, no, no. no there's, there's no Swan in there. No Swan. No swan? Okay. I, I, I couldn't think of a Swan. Okay. Before. So Ajax and Mercy are the only ones that we all three have in common? Or did I, Cyrus, did I hear in there? I have no Cyrus. No Cyrus. Okay. So we'll save Ajax and Mercy for last, I guess. So let's go from least to most, I guess. And if uh, anyone wants to to jump in and and go back and forth. So my Cyrus is Idris Elba. Oh, nice choice. Nice choice. Because I wanted somebody who could come in and be incredibly charismatic and just a huge personality. And and just steal the 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 scene for a few minutes. So I like that. so my Luther, I wanted to get somebody who I I just really want to punch in the face. And I hope could, this is good. I hope this okay. is good, Rick. So this is a guy who is on a TV show that I have recently started watching after being hounded to watch it for quite some time. And I really want to punch his character in the face on that, and that is Kieran Culkin. You mother... Oh, my God. Nope, I have another Culkin, though. Oh, you have another Culkin. We are both... (laughs) That is so fun. I'll just say, yeah, mine's Macaulay Culkin. Yep. That would be good. But (laughs) those Culkins, I just want to punch... Apparently, they just want to be punchable. I think I like yours a little more because I haven't seen Macaulay... I haven't really seen Macaulay as an adult actor. He looks nuts. He's been in some stuff. He's, I, find, I find Macaulay Culkin a little bit more likable. And right, like, right. As, as far as like his persona, I'm sure Kieran Culkin so you're, is a you're fine watching, human. So what I'm assuming is you're watching The Fabulous Succession. Yes, I, I'm only like three episodes in though. Okay, you, you will, he, Kieran Culkin gets a little bit more, he's my favorite character in the entire show. Yeah, and as, yes, of, as of right I, now, I want to beat the shit out of him. Yes, and you will later too. But he becomes like, fun, you know what I mean? In that yes, first episode, I, he's like, all right, kid, I'll give you a million dollars if you hit a home run. <laughs> oh no, I'm serious. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's like, nice try, kid. I'm like, fuck this guy. He's he, dead to me. Honestly, I think I like yours a little bit better. I think Karen's the better choice. Yeah, that, that's a great, great job, Rick. Give I you claps. Also, I also need to note that I just switched the person that I casted from Ajax. Was it Rory Culkin? <laughs> no, I, I, chose, I chose no Culkins. Oh, um, no. 
but it was just someone that again i saw it in a show that like i he has a very punchable face okay I, I i don't know if you guys have well i know derek Wait, who is this for Ajax. Luther. Luther. Oh, Luther. Okay, you said Ajax. You said Ajax. I, originally, he was Ajax, and I just switched him over to Luther. Switch because the, okay. I, think, I know. I it just for some reason it just called to me. And I needed the switch, but okay. So um, let's. So we all have a Luther now. So let's go over yes. our, our Luthers. So, Gia, who's your who's your Luther? So I chose from the new Mighty Ducks TV show, uh, Dylan Playfair, who plays. Oh yes, the coach of the Ducks. He's a piece of shit. I just feel like, you know, it was a very small role that I saw him in, but I feel like he could do a lot more. He could probably go a little bit crazy, and I kind of would like to see him just kind of reach. And he has a very punchable face, for sure. Oh, that is a, yeah. that is a punchable face. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Dylan. I'm sure you're a fine, upstanding gentleman. But, uh, oh, no, he's, no, he's, he's amazing in the show. He's, a, he's, he's, like, he's like the bad guy in the show. Because the, du the ducks are the villains in the show. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so for my swan, you know, I was trying to think of an actor who, I don't know, swan is not like the, the deepest character until the very end where it's like, this is just a, you know, this, this is just sort of like, oh, this, this place isn't even worth it. So I went with an actor who I really like and He's been in, he's a very different type than the actor who plays Swan in the movie, but he's been in, the, in, in quite a few movies that, that I enjoy, and that is Lakeith Stanfield. Hmm, don't know him. So he is the main character in Sorry to Bother You. He's in Get Out. He's the guy who says Get Out. He's great in everything, and I think he would take this role and kind of and, and sort of be the backbone of the movie in a lot of ways okay all right i just looked him up i, I kind of i like his face i think i think it's a good switch i like it yeah he's he's an excellent actor mm -hmm. and yeah so gia let's let's go to your recasting who do you have um so i didn't have anyone for swan but let's see for the dj um i was thinking laverne cox yeah that's awesome that's great yeah I think, you know, I think she could take that. I think that's a good role for her. She's got a great voice. Nice. All right. Is that who else do you have? Um, let's see. Um, how about... I have Cleon. Yep. So this is the original uh, leader of the Warriors. I chose Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, uh -huh. he shows up on my cast as well. Really? All right. Um, and then for Snow, I was thinking Donald Glover. He shows up on my cast as well. Different characters. Really? <laughs> Donald oh, Glover yeah. was almost my Cyrus. He was like, really? he was, yeah. Wow. Okay. He, was almost, he was almost my Cyrus as well, but he went, yeah. he went somewhere else. All right. And then I'm almost done. Uh, for Vermin, I have Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then for Mercy, I, I, I think it's we all, I think we all have Mercy, so let's say Mercy. Oh, okay. I'll say it. I'll yep. say it. I'll say it. Okay. Okay. So is that is? Do you have anybody else? Yep, that's all. That's all okay. I got. Derek, uh, you want me to do all of mine? Yeah, let's get through all of them. Okay, let me just do something real quick. But except except for Mercy and Ajax, who are the ones that that we that we all have, I think. Okay. Uh, all right. So let me take a look and see who I should start with. Okay. So my leader of the orphans. I went with a really young actor. I went with James Finn. Orphan. I went with Finn Wolfhard. 
who plays Rich, young Richie in the new It yeah. movies, and he's in um, that show, uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of young, but I can see him kind of dirty and kind of like, I kind of see the orphans as a younger gang, and that's maybe that's why they're not selected to be like in the the thing, and I kind of saw his face in this role. Uh, so the the character who takes the place of Cy- um, I almost said Cyrax, Jesus, Cyrus, uh, is, his name is Masai. After he goes to fight in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, his name is Masai. No, 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 network. That guy, I picked yeah. Donald Glover for Masai. All right. Uh, yep, that's my Masai. The DJ I picked for this for this recast is Angela Bassett. Yep. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Uh, yeah. Angela Bassett. Uh, you know my Luther. I picked Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I really like uh, Rick. St- we we both went with the Culkin, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my Cyrus. I didn't really give a shit about age here. I thought there's any age you can be in a gang. I didn't care. I said Samuel L. Jackson for Cyrus, yeah. and uh, that I stand by it. I'm saving my mercy. Uh, the next one is Fox. He, Fox is the is the member who gets hit by the train. Who's getting hit by a train, Derek? <laughs> uh, Evan Evan Peter Evan Peters. Oh, Evan oh, Peters. No! And oh. the reason why is because I really liked Fox. I I liked his face. I thought he was a character that I'd see at the end. And he dies, and I kind of get angry at that. There's there. I honestly would rather have seen Rembrandt get killed. Evan um, Peters. <laughs> I had Evan Peters was almost my Ajax. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My, my Ajax is, uh, I, I like my Ajax a lot, but well, so, okay. Vermin. Vermin is the, I guess the other white guy who's not cowboy. <laughs> um, I picked Josh Hutcherson yep. for him. Who's you guys both know who he is. I'm assuming. I can see him as cowboy. Okay. Uh, my Rembrandt went to Jaden Smith. Will Smith. How son. can we be sure if Jaden Smith is real? If our eyes aren't real. Wait, what? That's one of his, like, crazy, demented tweets that he sent out. Oh. How can we be sure the world is real if our eyes aren't real? Or something I mean, like that. Oh, okay. Uh, my, cowboy's, my cowboy's a little quirky. I went with Dominic Monaghan. He's kind of small. He's short. I can picture him with the, the whole getup. Uh, again, just because you're small doesn't mean you're tough. But I could totally see Dominic Monaghan getting battered by some bats. And then uh, we'll move on to my Coach Ice. So Coach Ice is the African-American character who kind of looks like Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I went with Anthony Mackie from, right. our, uh, from the Marvel yeah. Universe. He plays Falcon. Mm-hmm. And my Snow, I went with Alfred Enoch. He plays the character of Dean Thomas in the Harry Potter films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got the height now. He's a very tall actor. I could see him kind of looking menacing. Uh, I think this would be a kind of a good role for him to get kind of in a movie like this. Uh, my Cleon went to Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit shocking seeing this remake. Michael B. Jordan is a very, very big actor, and he gets kind of knocked off the first 20 minutes. You're like, what? Uh, pretty interesting. My Swan, since we're, we've already done the Swans, this was a tough one. I picked two actors that went neck and neck, but I ended up going with Richard Madden, who plays Rob Stark. So I thought I wanted a, an actor who was very handsome, very good looking actor to lead the pack because I think Michael Beck's a good looking guy. And I think yeah. that Richard Madden, uh, the other actor I picked was going to be Wes Bentley, who plays uh, in um, American Beauty. Yeah. He's like the boyfriend. I think, uh, I that think he's American little, Beauty think age he's, now. Would, 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 yeah, I think yeah. he's a little old. And I think he's like 40, 41. So I don't know if yeah. it would have worked. His face still looks young, but yeah. Uh, so we're saving our Ajax and Mercy. Do we do you want me to start off with one of them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go with, I mean, you mercy. choose let's which character. Mercy. Mercy All right, okay. uh, so my Mercy, I went through three different actresses. I ended okay. up landing on Zoe Kravitz. Ooh, uh, yeah. I could see her kind of playing that role. I think she's beautiful. I could see her kind of being kind of like, you know, from the orphans, a little bit dirty looking. And, you know, mm-hmm. I could see, I, I kept imagining Richard Madden and, and Zoe Kravitz in those roles together in those scenes. And I pictured it and I, I liked it. 
I went with a similar type, I feel, but I think the Mercy's physicality, I think almost she's a little bit like slight, you know? So I went with Zendaya for Mercy. Zendaya. She is, if you don't, yeah, she's, she's MJ in the new Spider-Man movies. That's right. She's got one name. Seriously. She is. That's her name. Okay. Not Zendaya Smith. Zendaya Russo, just Zendaya. Zendaya. Just Zendaya. Okay. Um, it, me- it means it means to give thanks. There, okay. there you go. I Gee, chose yep. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens for Marcy. Um, yep. I saw her in a film with um, Brennan Fraser not too long ago. For the life of me, I can't recall what it was called. Oh, Give Me Shelter. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and she just kind of portrayed this kind of like homeless teen character. And I feel like she would do a really good job kind of fitting she, the physicality uh, of her. She's very pretty too. For sure. Yeah. She's a, she was great in like, it, for a, a play and a story and a, and a movie I don't particularly love when she, she was Rizzo in, in the, the live Grease on TV and she was excellent. Really? Yeah, she was really good. Like she, her, her father passed away the day before the performance. Oh, wow! And yeah, she like killed it. But let's uh, let's go to Ajax. So let's let's t- like talk about your 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 thought process. All right. Uh, so yeah. I'll start with mine. Right before I do, I will say my original mercy. If she was like, uh, she was a little bit younger, I was gonna go with Christina Ricci. Yeah. Uh, but I think she still looks really young and I kind of, she was my first choice because of her age. I went with somebody else. But anyways, my Ajax has got to be somebody who's number one versatile, very believable, can play a dick. Who can play a dick very well? Yeah. Uh, and my choice went to Shia LaBeouf. He was close to mine as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think ultimately out of everybody in the age group, I don't see anybody else but Shia in this role. Maybe you guys will surprise me. Yeah. So I kind of the, the same thing. Like, a guy who can play like an alpha male dick and mm-hmm. like has not quite as a punchable face as Kieran Culkin, but <laughs> I think this guy does have a pretty punchable face in the right circumstances. And that is Ansel Elgort, who okay. is Baby Driver. Baby Driver? Yep. If you've, you've never seen Baby Driver? I've never heard of it. Oh, it's an incredible movie. Incredible movie. He's going to oh, be in the new West Side Story, and actually coming up co- coincidentally, he was in The Fault in Our Stars. I guess is his other big movie, which yeah, is yeah. trash. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's like an up and coming actor, and he's got uh, he could definitely ride that line between like likable and unlikable. Yeah, just from all the pictures I'm seeing, and it's funny, I actually looked at him a lot last night. I didn't know who he was, but I saw his face when I was doing my research. Um, he's, who is he playing? Is he playing Riff or Bernardo? Or is he, who is he playing in the West Side He's Story? like the main character. Oh, he's, he's playing Tony. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Okay, that's weird. Okay. He's a very, like, charismatic actor. You should see Baby Driver because that's, I mean, that'll be a real fun episode. But he does have, like, a, uh, like a, a charisma to him right. that, uh, that, uh, James Remar does as well, but uh, yeah. So, so Gia, who is your Ajax? So my Ajax is, and I just literally thought of this because initially I didn't have someone, and then I, I I had thought about him before, but I just officially decided yes. I'm not sure if you've all seen Shameless, but uh, who plays Mickey 
uh, Milkovich, Noel Fisher. Yep. Again, he kind of plays that alpha male. But again, it, it, his character is so great on the show. I think he would do an awesome job playing Ajax. Just that tough, uh, you know, would beat the shit out of anyone who crosses his path, you know, who looks at him wrong. Um, yeah, I think he would be a great role. What's his character's name? Noel Fisher in the show? No, that's his, uh, the actor's name. Oh, the actor's name. I'm trying to look Mickey. it up now because I've never seen Shameless. He plays Mickey. Okay. You know what's funny is I thought of Cameron Monaghan for Luther. He could do it. Oh. Yeah. Cameron, Cameron Monaghan, I mean, he's just, he's incredible. Yeah. yeah I th- I he, could, he, he could be in any of, like, the, the major male roles in this movie. He'd be, he'd be great. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he could do a bunch of different things. I remember him when he was in the freaking movie Click. Yeah, he was, was a little him, kid, yeah. a little kid in that, yeah. <laughs> he was just that dickhead neighbor kid. The, the jerk neighbor. So, so Twitter for all the week, we'll do at Warriors Movie, which is the official... I guess Twitter of the Warriors movie. So nice. follow that one. Uh, what this movie does best, Gia, what do you have there? Um, I think this movie, what it does better than any other movie is it just kind of, it does what like, what I wanted West Side Story to do with gangs, which made it like, kind of like ballet and stylized, but it actually looked like these people were in a gang fight. And I think they kind of pulled that off better than any other kind of film that tried to show stylized uh, gang fights that looked like choreography, like dancing almost, but more badass. <laughs> sure. Derek, what do you have? I'm not even going to just touch that, Gia. Yeah, uh, because they're, they're two different things. They're just two different things. I know. Um, but for me, I think that, I mean, I guess this is very specific, but I, I couldn't think of a lot of things. But the stylization and everything, and the, it's the best comic book sort of stylized gang movie. You know, a movie about gangs. I, it's very specific. I, I have that, like, not using the same words, but yeah, like that's that's basically what I have as well. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool, like, you know, in that the, sense, it's, yeah. It's the best gang movie stylized in that way. Yeah, that, and like, it's very, it's very specific. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't think of another one that's like that, to be honest, but it's the top of that genre, so, and it's it's a cult classic, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so let's do the Oscars. No nominations, no wins. We'll go through the major ones, but I have one that I think, so I guess I guess two that I think it should be at least nominated for. I mean, best original song, it should be there. Yeah, definitely. Which is, which is one by It Goes Like It Goes from Norma, Norma Ray. Uh, other nominees there, I'll Never Say Goodbye from The Promise. It's Easy to Say from 10. The probably the one that should have won it rainbow connection from the muppet movie and through the eyes of love from ice castles mm, paul williams for rainbow connection yeah let's why is it not nominated for best costume design yeah i want one of those friggin vests yeah right it, that's one by all that jazz other nominees are agatha butch and sundance the early days the europeans and la i'm gonna say la cage of folly um but yeah i mean i've yeah should be in there as well but let's go through the major categories let's talk about this year uh it's 1979 the movies are from the oscar ceremony takes place in 1980 best picture is won by kramer versus kramer other nominees are all that jazz apocalypse now breaking away and norma ray so i'm surprised apocalypse now didn't take it 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, Kramer versus Kramer has a lot of things going for it academy wise. So even if it's not, I mean, it's a very good movie. It's not like an outrageous snub. Right. But I would say, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and make the case for, for the Warriors to be nominated necessarily because this is a year where Alien is not nominated. Mm. And yeah, I, I think the Warriors does better off not being in the limelight. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. It, it's I, one of those movies like Rocky Horror, where I'm kind of glad it's for for movie lovers who like. You know what I mean? It's, it's like that not, kind of thing. Not everybody knows it, and it's kind of our movie. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, best director, Robert Benton wins for Kramer versus Kramer. Bob Fosse's nominated for all that jazz. Uh, Coppola nominated for Apocalypse Now. Peter Yates for Breaking Away, and Eduard Molinaro for Lacasia Folly. So, I mean, it should be Coppola here, right? Yeah, Coppola all the way, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyone want to make a case for Walter Hill? Again, I don't think he needs same it. Deal. I don't think I don't think it, I think it's the same deal all the way, yeah. Yeah. So, anyone we want to consider for best actor? No. Okay. Anyone for best actress? No. Anyone for best supporting actor? I would make a case for David Patrick Kelly, depending okay. on uh, depending on who's nominated. Okay. Yeah. So let's go through that one. So it's won by Melvin Douglas for being there. Hmm. Never heard of either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard of the movie. I've not seen it. Melvin Douglas is, Jesus Christ, he was born in 1901. Jesus Christ uh, was not born in 1901. <laughs> Prove it. You weren't <laughs> right. there. I have you nothing there. You're right. He was born uh, one, isn't that? It <laughs> he was born one. <laughs> oh, no, technically, he was born zero. He was born, yeah. And, well, yeah, that was BC, and then that's what started one. Uh, <laughs> but he wasn't born on January first. He was like he was. No. He lived through six days of zero. <laughs> I don't want to get into that story. <laughs> Uh, other nominees is the person who probably should have won is Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now. Yes. Uh, other uh, Frederick Forrest in The Rose, Justin Henry in Kramer versus Kramer, and Mickey Rooney in The Black Stallion. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I haven't seen a lot of those. Uh, I guess maybe David Patrick Kelly's performance again works well in the movie The Warriors, and maybe it's yeah. just it's not one of the again maybe all the way through maybe no for all these. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress, anybody? No. No? Okay. So, yeah, that was the Oscars. That's an interesting year that we're going to be returning to, certainly, with uh, with some other movies from that year. But now we come to the most important part of the show. And, Derek, I think you know what that is. I have an idea. Yep, it's when we put 30 seconds on the clock. Not a Spotify, not a song, not, a, not another movie, not, not anything. Rick's going to find his, his best stopwatch His I'm best gonna clock my, I'm going to open up my case Which is full of stopwatches <laughs> There's the one That sounds like the 60 minutes stopwatch There's the one on my phone I think I'm just going to use the one on my phone uh, And we're going to put 30 seconds on that clock And Derek's going to tell us why our subject for that week Is indeed The greatest movie of all time Derek, are you ready? Let's do it Three, two, one, go the Warriors is a movie you may have heard of, and if you have heard it and you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It is a lot of fun. It is a 
quintessential popcorn movie. Just grab a, a bowl of popcorn, sit down, and just enjoy the ride. You don't need to be thinking a lot in this movie. It kind of gives you what it gives you. Uh, great directing, great stylization, great score. I 100% recommend it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, 25.2 seconds. Great job, Derek. So that has been our episode on The Warriors coming up and we hope you enjoyed it uh coming up next week we have the sandlot with special guest cameron pond that's gonna be a lot of fun and week after that blade runner so can't wait for you to join us in that and what do you guys as we have both co-hosts on the show what do you guys have coming up on the greatest album of all time well, we just released our Blue by Joni Mitchell with friend from England, Jack Manning. That was our longest episode, <laughs> and we had a lot of fun doing it. It was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we are actually doing, yeah, we're doing Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. The album came out in 1993. We're excited to do that one. And uh, after that, we are heading back down to the 60s and doing another Beatles album. We are doing A Hard Day's Night. Uh, so we're excited about that. And again, if you're listening and want to be a guest on our show, please contact us. We'd love to have you on and chat about whatever album you want to, uh, as long as we dig it, sucker. Check out our mo- episode on the movie, A Hard Day's Night, as well. Be a nice, yes. uh, nice pairing there. Yeah. Yeah. So check that one out. Gia, do you have anything else that you want to uh, to plug? Um, other than the greatest album pod, uh, that's literally all I got coming out. Uh, yeah, check out. Obviously, this is one of my favorite podcasts. I love doing. I love that episode of Hard Day's Night, by the way. Um, and I'm really jazzed to be doing that one soon. Siamese Dream is another great album. I'm so jazzed to do. But yeah, thank you guys so much for letting me do another episode. Um, I definitely, if you guys are going to do a Clockwork Orange and The Wizard of Oz, totally on my list. Totally down to do either of those. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having me. Always great to have you on the show. We love thanks having for you being here. here. Yeah. I know it's tough for Derek to get in touch with you and set it up and everything like that. So <laughs> your schedule is wacky. It's we really appreciate you making the time and putting up with him. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I know it can be tough. <laughs> it can be. I'm just kidding. Sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's have our I guess now uh, post show uh, conversation. Join us for our for our, our nonsense conversation as well. Yes, we and you yes. know what? There's a couple of snacks I recommend for the Warriors specifically. Okay. Uh, one, one of them is popcorn. If you're going to go a popcorn direction, I don't mind if you do movie theater popcorn, but I, I believe, I, I, I might be wrong, but I, I, at least I imagine myself eating smart food popcorn. You know, I was going to say smart food. That, smart was, food, yeah, during the Warriors was, was, is, is excellent. It's quite the pairing. I mean, I mean, it's a great pairing because I'm getting this like cheesy goodness. And I'm getting these people getting chased. It's a very good combination. Yeah, I can't have popcorn. Oh, is diet. it too many carbs? It's it's sugar. There's sugar in corn. I mean, okay. There's considerable uh, sugar in corn. Okay. Um, anyways, anyway, uh, yeah. Do do you, man? Do you? I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm glad you're you're doing doing that well, and and I gotta get on the same. It's same gonna train, make but... my it's gonna make my my return trip to the movie theater a little, a little tough, I must say. Well, you can't have it. You can have a little cheat day. Have a have some little level. Well, and we have them from time to time. I have two cheat days coming up. Both of our birthdays are coming up, and we're like we're. I mean, I can't go to the restaurant 
where you're having your birthday and not have a cheat day. That it's literally impossible. I don't think there's anything on the menu I can eat. I'm sorry that I'm having no, and I'm not, I just can't, not, I can't think I'm of any other like, place. I'm not cheating on you. I'm not cheating on you at all, but it's going to be cheat day. And then the following week, <laughs> we're going to go somewhere where there's really not much I can eat. Because, I mean, that this is right. my decision, of course, where there's, I mean, it's just going to be like, beach food and there's no like, keto beach hey food. you know what and i'm dead serious when i say this if you could think of another restaurant that'll hold that many people let's do it because i couldn't think of another one that's my only problem there's there's nowhere that like i can probably think of a couple others but it's equally not going to have any kind of food that i can right right, and, right like don't don't think of me when you're thinking of like no I, I, I get it though you know i mean i like yeah because in reality, I don't. I mean, like, yes, closing in. We should probably go there one last. Yeah, time. maybe one last time before they but shut down. It's I gonna be go like years, else. though. It's gonna be. Yeah, like it's years. true. It's true. Yeah. I, I honestly, neither of us it's are in the. Done to get more people to. Come. Yeah, n- neither of us really want to eat Chinese food and stuff like that. So we're probably gonna take it easy as best as we can. Uh, it's not even the. It's not even the 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 food for me. It's just like I'm. I'm not gonna go there and not have my ties. At a birthday mm-hmm. party. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I, you know, that's, come on, that's, that's, that's sweet enough for you, right, Derek, to drink the, the Mai Tai from that place? I mean, there's no chocolate milk. There's not chocolate milk. It's, it, it, does, it doesn't have uh, Malibu rum in it either. So, so. Me, me and Gia, we're, we were driving, we went to um, Georgetown the other day, and when we were driving to Georgetown, we were going through, I think, Rowley or something like that, and it said yeah. Spuds on a sign and I was like another spuds? I don't think it's there anymore. It was yeah. like for me it was like another babka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I couldn't believe it. I was like I didn't know there was a second or a third spuds. It, it blew my mind but I think there were only two. They're both uh, both gone now. I certainly miss the smell of uh, the smoky spuds walking in and See, smelling I miss the the, wings, the buffalo smoke. wings, the citrusy buffalo wings is I don't even remember those. I used to always just get chicken fingers and fries even as an adult. They had they had buffalo wings but they had like an orangey flavor to them. Oh, it interesting. Was, like, phenomenal. Actually, you know what? I might get orange chicken on my birthday. I might get orange chicken. That's also very sweet. It's true. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say, uh, before we close the show, there's something really, really important I want to say, and I hope you all listen intently, and I, I, I want to say this uh, with my, all my heart, my soul, uh, and that is... Warriors come out to play. Thanks for that, Derek. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. The level's <laughs> gonna be great. No, I'm kidding. No, it, had, it, had, it had to be. It had, it had to be said. It had to be said. Well, be. now, Derek. Unfortunately, I have to turn my back on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were nice. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.